This is a voice recording of the Crozier Keystone Manual Rear Foot Classification section. What are the two radiographic calcaneal classification systems you should know? You should know the Row and Essex Lopresti systems. What is the anterior calcaneal process classification system that you should know? The Deegan classification system. What CT calcaneal classification system should you know? The Sanders classification system. Which radiographic calcaneal classification system is primarily used for extraarticular fractures? The row classification system is primarily used for extraarticular calcaneal fracture classifications. Which classification system is used for primarily intraarticular calcaneal fractures? The Essex Lopresti classification system is primarily used for intraarticular calcaneal fractures, although row 4 and 5 would be included in this Essex Lopresti system. There are five types of row calcaneal fractures with subcategories in type 1, type 2, and type 3. Describe a type 1A row calcaneal fracture. A row type 1A calcaneal fracture is a fracture of the plantar tuberosity. Describe a type 1B row calcaneal fracture. A row type 1B calcaneal fracture is a fracture of the sustentaculum tali. Describe a row type 1C fracture. A row type 1C fracture is a fracture of the anterior process of the calcaneus. Describe a row type 2A fracture. A row type 2A fracture is a beak fracture of the posterior surface of the calcaneus. Describe a row type 2B fracture. A row type 2B fracture is an avulsion fracture of the Achilles tendon insertion. Describe a row type 3A fracture. A row type 3A fracture is a simple oblique fracture of the body not involving the STJ. Describe a row type 3B fracture. A row type 3B fracture is a common muted oblique fracture of the body not involving the STJ. Describe a row type 4 fracture. A row type 4 fracture is an intraarticular fracture involving the STJ. Describe a row type 5 fracture. A row type 5 fracture is an intraarticular comminuted depression fracture with STJ involvement. According to the row classification, what is the most common extraarticular calcaneal fracture? The most common extraarticular calcaneal fracture according to the row classification is a 3B fracture. The Essex Lopresti classification system is primarily an intraarticular calcaneal classification system. 
please describe an Essex Lopresti type 1 fracture. An Essex Lopresti type 1 fracture is a tongue type fracture with a primary fracture line running superior to inferior with a secondary fracture line exiting the posterior aspect of the calcaneus without subtalar joint involvement. Describe a type 2 Essex Lopresti fracture. A type 2 Essex Lopresti fracture is a joint depression fracture with the primary fracture line running superior to inferior with a secondary fracture line involving the subtalar joint. What percentage of calcaneal fractures are intraarticular? 75% of calcaneal fractures are intraarticular. As was stated earlier, the Deegan classification system is the anterior calcaneal process classification system. Describe a type 1 Deegan injury. A type 1 Deegan anterior calcaneal process injury is a non-displaced fracture of the anterior process. Describe a type 2 Deegan injury. A type 2 Deegan anterior calcaneal process injury is an extraarticular displaced fracture of the anterior process. Describe a type 3 Deegan injury. A type 3 Deegan injury is an intraarticular displaced fracture of the anterior calcaneal process involving the calcaneal cuboid joint. As was mentioned before, the Sanders classification is used for CT evaluation of calcaneal fractures. The Sanders classification is unique in the fact that it is classified, classified by the number of pieces with letters following the number of pieces with A meaning lateral, B meaning midline, and C meaning medial at the sustentaculum tali. Please describe a Sanders 2A, 2B, and 2C injury. All of these injuries have one fracture line, meaning there are two fragments with A being lateral, B being at the midline of the calcaneus, and C being at the sustentaculum tali. Please describe a Sanders 3 injury. A Sanders 3 injury would have three fragments with two fracture lines, meaning there would be two letters following the three, like 3AB, 3AC, or 3BC, depending on where the fracture lines are located. Describe a Sanders 4 fracture. A Sanders 4 fracture will have three fracture lines, meaning there are four parts and it'd be an intraarticular fracture of the posterior facet and sustentaculum fragment with a high degree of comminution. What classification system is used for Taylor neck fractures? The Hawkins classification system is used for Taylor neck fractures. Describe a type 1 Hawkins injury. A type 1 Hawkins Taylor neck fracture is a vertical fracture of the Taylor neck without displacement. There is disruption of one blood vessel, which causes a 12% risk of avascular necrosis. Describe a type 2 Hawkins injury. A type 2 Hawkins injury is a vertical fracture of the Taylor neck with subtalar joint displacement.
there's disruption of two to three blood vessels with a 42% risk of avascular necrosis. Describe a Hawkins type 3 injury. A Hawkins type 3 tailor neck fracture is a vertical fracture of the tailor neck with subtalar joint and ankle joint displacement. There is disruption of three blood vessels with a 91% risk of avascular necrosis. Describe a type 4 Hawkins tailor neck fracture. A Hawkins type 4 tailor neck fracture is a vertical fracture of the tailor neck with subtalar joint, ankle joint, and talonavicular joint displacement. There is disruption of three blood vessels with a 91% risk of avascular necrosis. What is the percent incidence of calcaneal fractures associated with tailor neck fractures? There is a 10% incidence of calcaneal fractures associated with tailor neck fractures. What is the percent incidence of medial malleolar fractures associated with tailor neck fractures? There is a 19 to 28 incidence of medial malleolar fractures associated with tailor neck fractures. How would you position the foot? to be able to obtain the best view of the tailor neck when performing x-rays. Position the ankle in maximum coyness with the foot on a ca the cassette pronated to 15 degrees and position the x-ray tube directed 75 degrees from horizontal. What is a Hawkins sign? A Hawkins sign is the presence of subchondral tailor dome osteopenia seen six to eight weeks after Taylor fracture, signifying that there is intact vascularity. Absence of the sign implies avascular necrosis. What is a Blair fusion? If the Taylor dome collapses, excise the avascular Taylor body and place a sliding corticocancellous graft from the anterior distal tibia into the residual, viable Taylor head and neck. What is the classification system that is used for Taylor body fractures? The classification system used for Taylor body fractures is the Sneppen classification system. Describe a Sneppen type 1 Taylor body fracture. A Sneppen type 1 injury is a transchondral or compression fracture of the Taylor dome, including osteochondritis of the talus. Describe a Sneppen type 2 Taylor body injury. A Sneppen type 2 injury is a coronal, sagittal, or horizontal shearing fracture involving the entire Taylor body. A 2A would be a coronal shearing force, a 2B would be a sagittal shearing force, and a 2C would be a horizontal shearing force. Describe a type 3 Sneppen injury. A Sneppen type 3 fracture is a fracture of the posterior tubercle of the talus. When it is a fracture of the posterior lateral tubercle, it is called a shepherd fracture and sometimes can be confused with an ostrigonum. You can use a bone scan to differentiate. Describe a Sneppen type 4 fracture. A Sneppen type 4 fracture 
is a fracture of the lateral process of the talus, also known as a snowboarder's fracture. Describe a Snepin type 5 Taylor body fracture. A Snepin type 5 Taylor body fracture would be a crush fracture of the Taylor body. What percent of open Taylor fractures go on to osteomyelitis and may result in a future talectomy? 23% of open Taylor fractures go on to osteomyelitis and may result in a future talectomy. What classification system is used for Taylor dome fractures? The Burnt and Hardy classification system is the classification system used for Taylor dome fractures. Describe a stage 1 Burnt Hardy fracture. A stage 1 burnt hardy fracture is a non-displaced compression of the Taylor dome. Describe a stage 2 burnt hardy injury. A stage 2 burnt hardy injury is a partially detached osteochondral lesion. Describe a type 3 burnt hardy injury. A stage 3 burnt hardy injury is a completely detached, non-displaced osteochondral lesion. Describe a type 4 burnt hardy injury. A stage 4 burnt hardy injury is a completely detached, displaced osteochondral lesion. What mnemonic is used to determine the mechanism of action of a burnt hardy lesion? Dial a pimp is the mnemonic used. With dorsiflexion and inversion, there is an anterolateral lesion that is wafer-shaped, and pimp meaning there's plantar flexion and inversion causing a posterior medial lesion that is small, deep, and cup-shaped. Which classification system is used for tarsal coalitions? The Downey classification system is used for tarsal coalitions and is divided into juvenile and adult subsections. Both juvenile and adult subsections are broken up into type 1 and type 2. What are type 1 tarsal coalitions? Type 1 coalitions are extra-articular in nature. You can add an A or a B to it to indicate whether there is secondary arthritis. A type 1A coalition would be an extra-articular coalition with no secondary arthritis, and a type 1B coalition would be an extra-articular coalition with secondary arthritis. What is a type 2 tarsal coalition? A type 2 tarsal coalition is an intra-articular coalition Again, you are able to add the A and B qualifiers indicating whether or not there is secondary arthritis. For a type 2A intraarticular tarsal coalition, there would not be no secondary arthritis. And for a type 2B intraarticular coalition, there would be secondary arthritis.